Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for February 14th, 2021. Koyo Kobose here. So very, very glad you joined us. <clears throat> well, of course, as far as holidays go, February 14th is Valentine's Day. And uh, I guess, of course, not to be cynical about it, but of course the greeting card industry and you know the commercialism that underlies uh holidays in terms of well you gotta get your spouse a valentine's card and all these things um but the other way of looking at it and i often said uh i i'm my advocate for um American Dharma holidays. This would be where uh, you just piggyback uh, a Dharma teaching to go with uh, United States Western uh, holidays. Not necessarily national holidays, but any, you know, uh, uh, public holidays that society uh, celebrates and um, because the reason is well if you grow up in the United States you automatically learn about the holidays because it's in the media and everything so little kids we grow up we know about 4th of July we know about Valentine's Day um And there's some excitement about it. Okay, it's in the it's in in, in the culture and society. Everyone. Okay, but then we kind of, uh, from a Buddhist perspective, we could say, hey, why don't we uh, combine this, piggyback on that excitement and accessibility, with uh, making it also an American Dharma holiday. This way especially for families 
where the children get all excited and say, oh, Valentine's Day. Okay, this is a, a Dharma holiday for for the, the theme of love, right? And you relate that theme of love to to the Dharma teachings. And uh, uh, what a, what a, I think that's a great idea. You you can just piggyback on the accessibility of cultural holidays, holidays that are common in our society. And uh, well, uh, I don't have a particular uh, content message about that theme, but how about it? Uh, what would you do if you were the you know, you had a family and kids, and you say, okay, what does love mean? Hey, Junior, what does love mean? You know? Uh, and it's interesting because some some linguists have pointed out that when you look at a language, it reflects culture. Now, we don't have to say what came first, you know, (laughs) whether the experience, human experience, and then you needed a name for it, or did that was a love there, and then you say, oh, I got to learn about love. Okay. But some people have said the kind of words that are in the language reflect the values and so forth of that culture. And some people have said, Love means uh, we need different, there's a lot of different kinds of love. Love of country, uh, you love a hobby, you you know, in addition to loving a person. But we only have one word, love. And then we just add adjectives to it, brotherly love, okay, and so forth. Whereas uh, it's in some cultures, whatever is important they have a lot of different words for it, you know? And so if you want to promote love, all kinds of love, you should have different words, okay? Just like, for example, um, snow is important to Eskimos, (laughs) okay? So they have, you know, different words for different kinds of snow, like fluffy snow, Oh, uh, wet snow, wet, heavy snow, okay? All kind of different words for different kinds of snow, okay? Whereas, <clears throat> just like for love, we have, well, snow, okay, uh, light snow. You know, it's not a separate word. It's just you put an adjective in front of it, wet snow, heavy snow, okay? Um, <clears throat> so you could look at a, a, at a given language and, see its values, <laughs> you know, it reflected in the frequency and the and diversity of uh, the kind of words that are used. Well, <clears throat> be that as it may, um, <clears throat> I also want to mention that February 15th, tomorrow is in the Mahayana Buddhist tradition, it's called Nirvana Day. Um, Nirvana Day uh, in this context, refers to when Gautama Buddha passed away. Okay, uh, and you know, Buddhism is sort of ahistorical in the sense that uh, in the Theravadan 
tradition. They have a Visaka or a Wisak uh, day, which is uh, first full moon day in May. And they celebrate the three major Buddhist holidays, uh, Siddhartha Gautama Buddha's birth, passing away, and Enlightenment Day. Okay? That's the Theravada way of the elders. But the other main school in Buddhism, Mahayana, they have, a, for some reason, different calendars or something, but they have as uh, Buddha's birth, April 8th, and Enlightenment Day, December 8th, and then Passing Away or Nirvana Day is February 15th. Um, I remember in college, sometimes they have a campus crusade for Christ or something like this. Some young men, young, they part of their uh, training, I guess, is to go around and talk about their religion to people. <laughs> it's a headache, right? You know, we don't want to see Jehovah's Witness or some other people coming around proselytizing. Buddhism is not too big on proselytizing. Okay, they don't go around <clears throat> shoving uh, food in people's mouths and say, "Hey, this is good for you. This is nutritious." Okay. Instead, they just might, at the most, they might waft the fan the the, the good ar- food aroma that they're eating. Those around them can say, "Hey, what's that smell? Oh, that smells good. Hey, what you eating? Hey, okay, this good cuisine." Okay, and because they, they see that what you're doing, and you know, learning by example is the best way. Okay. You don't force, say, this is uh, the only way and try to force things on others. Okay, You show what effect it has on you and let them learn by observing that and say, hey, gee, maybe I'll, I'll be, I'd like to learn more about that. So that's one thing. Because uh, sometimes I remember some proselytizers, they say, Oh, Buddhism, yeah, that's a nice philosophy, you know. But this uh, 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 Judeo-Christian approach is history, is fact. Well, (laughs) you know, and so you cannot deny it, okay, as opposed to some conceptual philosophical teachings, which is good, but blah, blah, blah. Um, Now, you (laughs) could... Uh, if you wanted to discuss this aspect, you could say, hey, there's a lot of history and uh, historical aspects of Buddhism. You know? Although mm, different scholars may say, well, it's hard to know the exact date of this or that. Okay? But that's true for Judeo-Christian traditions too. Okay? They have so-called... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, the red letter uh, where you know you get all the scholars and say this is what Jesus said we're pretty sure okay and then there's some that say well he might have said this okay and some other scholars might say no no he didn't say that okay so how important is it that you have to determine the historical veracity or truthfulness of something particularly when you're talking about religions. Although, as I said, you could talk about historical aspects of Buddhism, okay, 
And again, scholars may differ. And that's that's part of uh, history and, it, you know, sociology of religions and so forth. Uh, but the point has been also been made by Buddhist uh, ministers and scholars. They said, you know, what's important is uh, is the ahistorical nature of Buddhism, that it's beyond space and time. See, when you say historical, you say a definite time and uh, at this place this occurred. <clears throat> by saying ahistorical, it says uh, it's beyond space and time. It's universal. No matter when, no matter where, here's the Dharma. You know, this is kind of interesting. Uh, I won't say debate, but uh, issue or whatever, and different proselytization comes in, of course, and, you know, what's more true? Uh, my, my religion is true. And I remember there was a Buddhist colleague, uh, 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 Calgary, I think he was uh, uh, teaching at the university, Calgary University. But he, he, one of his pet projects was to eliminate the word truth, true or truth from Buddhist <laughs> dialogues. And uh, uh, I use true, uh, true a lot. I mean, we even taught our kids when they're growing up, you know, because uh, when you're a religious minority in the country, and they say, well, Oh, you're Buddhist. Hey, what do Buddhists believe in? So we taught our kids to say, well, you know, you want them to have an answer. Okay. So we say, well, Buddhists believe in the truth. Okay. And then even sometimes we say, well, well, what's the truth? And we taught them, uh, well, every person has to find out that for themselves. Uh, that's That's the way we armed our our young kids so that they had they had a ready answer and i and in fact i i saw that in action one time i took uh, uh some of our sunday school class you know about six seven kids and we were visiting different churches in the chicago area we were i think we were at a greek orthodox place and then we visit and then they they tell us about their you know approach and so forth and then he then he happened to ask that you know these uh I guess there are maybe about seven eight year old kids you know from our from our drama school and what do Buddhists believe in? And boom! My son <laughs> shot his hand up and he said, "Yeah, oh, Buddhists believe in the truth." And then he said, and the that Christian minister said, "And what is the truth?" You know, with a slight grin on his face because he thought he was going to, he thought he was kind of, you know, manipulating here. Man, what is the truth? And then my son said, every person has to find that out for himself. Oh, that that really set that priest on his heels, you know. He said, whoa. (laughs) And, uh, but anyway, that's, uh, one aspect I think that is very when you look at it uh, a basic difference in uh, approaches of religion uh, they believe in a deity all powerful deity okay, or natural laws huh nature 
Um, in fact, I'm just looking at. Uh, I got a request for a, a Tisserana ceremony uh, from a lady, and uh, so we scheduled it because we gave a telephone Tisserana, Tisserana's three treasures ceremony. Uh, to confirm, it's a Buddhist confirmation ceremony. And you, you take refuge in the three treasures, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, and say, I'm a Buddhist, <laughs> you know. Now, for ethnic Buddhists, they don't see the need for such a separate Buddhist confirmation ceremony. They're born into a Buddhist family and you know, generations, whatever. Okay. But I agree with those convert Buddhists that says, you know, uh, as Buddhism goes to different cultures where it's not the dominant uh, religion, it's important a ceremony to help the people in their spiritual journeys to have a ceremony where they they want to say, "Oh, I was raised like this, but now I choose I I be I'm a Buddhist." Okay, and you have if you have a ceremony, it says, "Yep." Okay, uh, and so one person she says, mm, "Well, I was raised Baptist." I was very satisfied with, you know, my religion, and then I wasn't anymore. <laughs> uh, I always, I'm, I've always been a person who believed in being responsible for my actions and the outcomes that followed. I'm a logical person. And Buddhism has come to me several times over the past 20 years, you know, and I, uh, I wanted to learn more, and, and I went to, to a talk on Buddhism, and that was being sponsored by some local organization. And, boy, I loved the diverse crowd and how the talk included logical reasoning and, and, and very comfortable with discussing death, life, and how to treat others. And then last year, I, I went to a trip to Japan, and I was able to see how an, an entire Buddhist community lived among each other. Again, I was drawn to the strong sense of self-agency and compassion for others. So over the past 20 years, I've, you know, this has been sort of my evolving journey. And now I feel I'm ready to, to begin a daily Buddhist practice. And I want to deepen my relationship, okay, with the Dharma. Again, want to walk in a right way. <laughs> and, you know, quotes on right. Um, so we scheduled Tisarana for her. And uh, I think I'm going to give her the name Gio. You know, a Dharma name. As two Chinese characters, everybody in the Bright Dawn tradition gets the the second character. Their darn name is Yo. Yeah, my, like for example, my name is Ko Yo. Okay. Face the sun. So it's a it's the uh, Bright Dawn. Well, the Yo means the sun, the dawn, the sun, S U N. And. Uh, the G, the first character in the, in the, in the Dharma name, is a, well, means natural, Gio. Okay? It's not a, a phonetic language, so you have to see the written thing, character to know the meaning. It's not in the sound, but it's in the written character. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of, could be a lot of Gs, Gio. Somebody might say, oh, I, I, what kind of son? What's your, you know, Dharma name, Gio. Oh, what G is that? And then usually you see them use their index finger and uh, write the character in the air, you know. So 
It's, oh, that G, okay. Oh, oh, natural son. Oh, you got a nice, nice domine. Uh, and so, uh, what do you think natural means? This is the great use of Dharma names. It's not just the, you know, what's in a name? Why, why is you, you could use your name as a, a, a source to renew your spiritual energy journey. Okay. It should be a source of teachings. And uh, what is natural could be an evolving theme in one's own life. Okay. It means this, it means that, and, and, and. It doesn't have to be something that's restricted to one narrow meaning. So, I, so I'm. I would say, hey, what does natural son mean? You know, natural self, not ego self, natural self. And that could be a, a a work in progress, a challenge for continuing growth and learning for one's whole life. What is what does my Dharma name mean? What does G.O. mean? Natural son. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, when I do a tisserana, give it, this lady's going to get the G.O. as a, her name. You know, I say, well, your inner teacher should always be challenging you. Hey, show me your Buddhism. Hey, what, what does natural mean? Okay. Uh, as an educational process. It's a work in progress. Changing, challenging, yeah. Your inner teacher to your inner student. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like all natural means this and you know. Uh so I'm gonna introduce that to her. And uh so I think history and philosophy uh, you know, they go together. Sometimes they, you think, oh, this is a philosophy, but it's a philosophy of life. It's not a philosophy. Sometimes they think, oh, armchair philosophy or uh, so forth, uh, as opposed to historical place and time. Okay. Well, when you talk about a philosophy of life, it means that it has to be alive in you. That's it. Okay. It's not just a abstract concept as a definition of what philosoph philosophy or you know philosophical teachings are. Okay. So I don't buy this history versus philosophy in terms of oh well, you know, we know the history, the actual fact, historical facts of this religion or approach, okay, versus just an abstract philosophy. No, I, I don't I, I don't buy that, you know. Um so I was thinking about that in terms of well, Valentine's Day, Nirvana Day. What's love? What's uh, what's enlightenment? Huh? Uh, Nirvana Day means uh, kind of extinguishing, sort of like you know when a fire goes out. Where does the fire go? Uh, if the self, ego self, is diminished, the natural self comes out. Well, you know what, what are we talking about? Um, so this is a, a important uh, kind of a tool for one's spiritual journey okay? to feel that you're not you don't have to provide a narrow specific answer, uh, but keep it wide open. Yeah? That's that's the way 
that we like to emphasize uh, what spirit, the spirituality or the spirit, the process, the learning process is all about. Huh? So I was thinking about the love theme for Valentine's Day and Nirvana Day. Uh, what does it mean to have one's natural self, you know, uh, living your life naturally? Well, you know, it, somebody might say, some people might say, oh, natural means selfish. <laughs> I mean, do what you want. So right away, you see, you see, you're getting into the work in progress. Challenging yourself, well, you know, what does this mean? What is the teaching? And then how do I live it? Huh? Just like this lady that wrote in today, she says, I'm ready now to begin a daily Dharma Buddhist practice. Okay? She wants to take it up to the next level. And uh, so I scheduled her for, in fact, tomorrow. She, uh, she said on the 15th or 16th of February at 8 a.m. Pacific time. I said, okay, here it is. You call the, you call this number, our telephone number, and and uh, you have uh, the T. Serana program there, you know, from our website, brighton.org. It has uh, an outline of the T. Serana program that we use, and then I said, be ready with that, uh, have that recitation passages handy. For you know, uh, when we when you do the reading and so forth, and then we'll, of course, then we make a Tisarana certificate and we mail it, and that person has that certificate, and by golly, some of them will frame it and put it on the wall and say, "I'm a Buddhist." And that's important to them, okay? So, but in another sense, of course, you say, "Well, you can be a Buddhist without having to say or have proof." <laughs> that's your Buddhist <laughs> and he took a Buddhist name Dharma name and so forth but it's hey it's all good it's all good that's all for today's broadcast till next time keep going and you have a beautiful day thank you